This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Payer Issues Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Tuli Banerjee Paparizos, Vice President of Payer Strategy at Akron Children's Hospital. Tuli, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you very much. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about, but before we dive into our discussion, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, my background is uh, primarily in healthcare finance. I have been in managed care contracting for over 18 years um, on the provider as well as the payer side. I've primarily negotiated on the commercial uh, payer side, but have experience in doing Medicaid contracts as well as Medicare Advantage contracts. Some of my career I've also spent on the employer side, consulting in employer uh, benefits, so specialty benefits such as some like telemedicine that payers or employers offer to their employees, uh, on-site nearside clinics. Also did some of my consulting to hospitals on the business operation side around developing products such as employer direct products, product assessments, and various areas where hospitals um, wanted to expand their offerings to the market. Got it. Well, that sounds like quite a fascinating background. And, you know, considering all the different experiences that you've had, how did that really prepare you for the role you have now at Akron Children's Hospital? I believe that my experience helped me tremendously as I took on the role of uh, Vice President of Payer Strategy at Akron Children's. Hospitals have um, always been paid on a fee-for-service model. And over the last several years, while adult hospital systems have delved into value-based care payments, for pediatrics, it was um, relatively newer in terms of uh, hospitals, pediatric hospitals going into value-based care models. For me, seeing payment from all sides was very helpful. Ultimately, whether it's grants or funding for research or reimbursement um, for services that hospitals and providers provide, uh, it, it came down to payment. And being on the employer side, being on the payer side, seeing payment and decisions being made on uh, how to reimburse certain services, how to reduce overuse, helped me prepare for my role uh, at Akron Children's and thinking through what the future of reimbursement is for Akron Children's in terms of a shift from fee-for-service to more value-based type of reimbursement models. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, given your current role as Vice President of Payer Strategy, what are the top issues that you're following most closely in healthcare today? Really, it's um, reimbursement for, in my role, I manage a department that negotiates contracts with payers, whether it's commercial insurance companies, national carriers, or it's being in payer arrangements with Medicaid managed care plans. So the top issues, I think, is the um, reimbursement models transitioning from fee-for-service and lower reimbursement in the the future. I, I believe that over time, Areas like pharmaceuticals, which are increasingly high in cost, uh, sometimes higher in cost than inpatient stays, 
these are concerns that payers and employers have across the board. So monitoring how the reimbursement for drugs is going to change for hospitals and shift to specialty pharmacy type settings or be outsourced to outside PBMs. So definitely pharmacy costs. Um, in my role, we typically deal with a lot of payer policy changes and they happen frequently on a daily basis and many of them target reduced reimbursement. Many of them delay payments through different types of processes like pre and post claim reviews and audits. So growing uh, accounts receivable is something that is always a concern and how do we work with the payers to give them the information necessary to release the, the payment. Um, and to continue to grow revenue when substantial a portion of a pediatric hospital's revenue comes from um, Medicaid. So in addition to reimbursement, I think, you know, our hospital has a similar experience as other hospitals with staffing shortages. And that was a trend before the pandemic and has worsened over the last two years. So staff retention, new hires, making sure that more Caregivers are trained in the pediatrics model and making sure that we're able to provide them benefits that allow them to and continue to have them employed with our hospital. So these are just some of the issues that we deal with in, in managed care. That's so interesting to think about how many different facets of the organization really depend on having efficient and effective systems and processes on the managed care side and really in the revenue cycle too, to make sure that the hospital has a strong um, foundation for growth and development. And I'm wondering, you know, how are you seeing some of these conversations with payers um, about value-based care evolving in the next few years, especially in the pediatric space? My interest having the payer provider as well as employer perspective has always been on how as a health system or health hospital, we can impact reducing the total cost of care. How will we successfully transition between fee-for-service reimbursement to models that are more advanced? Obviously, some of the fee-for-service will continue to remain, but balancing a hospital's operation of the finances between fee-for-service and um, value-based care is, is critical. I think when we have conversations with payers, Focus will need to be on payment for primary care disease prevention as hospitals continue to search for new revenue sources. While not always applicable to pediatrics, direct-to-employer contracts, um, center, being part of centers of excellence, uh, payment for preventative treatments, that slow progression of disease, payment for new vaccinations, um, and payment for new care delivery channels like telehealth, which has seen a significant rise during the pandemic. I think those are the type of conversations we want to continue to have with the payers. Um, we also want to work with the payers to develop different revenue models that reward care provide in the lower cost settings that generate value. So for pediatrics, I'd say school health, we have contracts with uh, several school districts here in, in at the Akron Canton area. And it, it is an area that, you know, where uh, have access to the kids and provide care to some extent. So school health, telehealth, paying behavioral health practitioners through telebehavioral um, health visits, e-visits, 
so that it is becomes difficult for children's hospitals to use their clinical enterprise to support their mission. I think hospitals have to tackle these issues head on to re- resolve the disparity between um, care that's provided to various demographics. So our conversations with the payers always is, um, while they target um, reduced uh, areas of reduced reimbursement, for example, avoidable ED visits and trying to uh, have more predictable reimbursement for employers through bundle payments, I think it's critical for payers to examine areas to increase um, reimbursement that will have the largest impact on the patient's health. That's a really great point. And, you know, it's so interesting to think of all of that through the value-based lens. From your perspective and experience, have the payers been pretty willing to work with you on developing those types of contracts and arrangements that do um, depend on value? Or is it, uh, you know, a little bit different from the adult healthcare side and um, just a little bit more nuanced than that? I think payers are, you know, very open to having these discussions for health systems or hospitals. I think it's really challenging when you don't have access to the data that the payer is seeing. And so I feel that there is an opportunity there for the hospitals to think like a payer, but also have access to the data that the payers have to be able to make quicker decisions to measure accurately, to report out. And so there's opportunities there. But in in terms of value-based agreements, there's some, you know, in the pediatrics world, obviously there are some hospitals that are in the forefront of taking on full risk, but that is um, less common across hospitals in pediatrics. Although there's significant discussions around taking on shared risk. So while a hospital may not be ready to jump into taking on risk for 100,000 or 200,000 lives, I think having a glide path of an approach and conversation with the payers definitely seems to be um, the direction that we see these type of uh, dialogues going with the payers. That's really interesting to hear. And, you know, thank you for sharing with us. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I have one more question. Where do you see the biggest opportunities for innovation in healthcare delivery today? Um, I see several opportunities in healthcare. In, in general, innovation always comes from a need. Uh, and as we saw in the pandemic, telehealth, the uptake of telehealth increased in a week, whereas for years, it's about 8 to 14% usage. So similar situations, I think um, innovation, there's opportunities in consumerism. So consumerism is in, is in healthcare is on the rise. Uh, for pediatrics, you know, patients and families are viewed uh, as consumers with access to a lot of information from various sources, and they have more um, control over their healthcare choices, especially where they go. If they are in a broad network, I think patients' families are looking for easier ways to uh, pay their bills, access their medical records, be able to communicate with their physicians um, via email or text or the doctor's office in in general, uh, and get um, quicker information on cost and quality for when they have to decide where they can get their care, uh, that impacts their, you know, how much out of pocket they have to pay. I think I mentioned data, data from payers to hospitals and vice versa becomes very important as we, um, as 
hospitals and providers in general uh, move towards taking on more risk, and which then is really the stimulus to getting or going towards clinical um, transformation. Then continuing to revise payment models alternative to fee-for-service is going to be critical, but also important is balancing fee-for-service and value-based care models. Uh, I think for hospitals, it'll be very important to look at the metrics of um, success and growth that they, they view. I mean, ED visits and, and surgeries are in the traditional metrics of success are always looked at revenue, um, you know, areas of revenue growth in the future. That is probably not going to be the, the metrics that the hospitals will need to be looking at. I think yesterday I, I heard a quote yesterday, the private insurance uh, reimbursement differential kept organizations above the line tomorrow. That will be no longer the case. So, you know, getting year-after-year escalators from commercial payers is going to slow down considerably. So really developing innovative payment models, whether it's shared risk or full risk, is going to be critical. Uh, And then uh, that will be the driving force for clinical transformation, standardizing supplies, reducing variability in care, providing evidence-based care, and better measurement and reporting. And then some other areas which I think are critical is balancing payments across various practitioners that are not MDs. So your uh, APPs, certified nurse practitioners, psychologists, using social workers and masters prepared providers, um, you know, providing care through uh, using multidisciplinary teams that can effectively use practitioners at the top of their license. You're paying different types of providers more that typically aren't reimbursed at the level of MDs is going to be one of the ways that I think we can tackle uh, the total cost of care. But in, in, in general, my view is having risk, having some sort of a downside risk is going to be the driving force for a redux- reduction in the care uh, of healthcare that we have in the U.S. Tuli, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. You made some really excellent points and I appreciate our conversation. I hope to have you back again soon. Thank you. It was my pleasure to be on.